the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Wow. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And today we have got a great show for you. Today we're going to talk about our compass. We're going to talk about our standard. uh, And we're going to have uh, my senior pastor at Hope Works Church join us about what is that standard. You know, uh, how do you know something's a lie? Isn't that an important question? Yet we're dealing with truth and lies. We got fact checkers on social media that you wonder what facts are they coming by, right? Their truth seems to be different than the truth. But how do you know something's a lie? Think about that. You you must compare it to the truth, right? I mean, consider counterfeit money, right? You know how they people learn to identify counterfeit money? Do you know how? They study, they analyze every little detail of real money. Logical. Even po- Yeah, it makes sense. And yet most people don't have a standard. My standard is the Bible. Some people's standard is the Quran. Some people's standard is the Tanakh. Some people's standard is government. Some people's standard is whatever your best friend says is their standard. But you need to have a standard. You know why? Because just like in the computer world, there are two operating systems, right? In the computer world, we have Windows and we have Apple, right? Or Mac, right? But in the real world, you know what the two operating systems are? They are the GOS and the FOS. They are the God operating system or the flesh operating system. And depending which operating system you have, will dictate how you look at coronavirus, how often you wear a mask, whether you got a vaccine or didn't get a vaccine, and what you do and what you think and what you feel. Which, by the way, that reminds me of a story. And now, story time with Mr. Black. Sally jumped up as soon as she saw the surgeon come out of the operating room. She said, how is my little boy? Is he going to be all right? When can I see him? The surgeon said, I'm sorry. We did all we could, but your boy didn't make it. Sally said, why do little children get cancer? Doesn't God care anymore? Where are you, God, when my son needed you? The surgeon asked, would you like some time alone with your son? One of the nurses will be out in a few minutes before he's transported to the university. Sally asked the nurse to stay with her while she said goodbye to her son. She ran her fingers lovingly through his thick, red, curly hair. Would you like a lock of his hair? The nurse asked. 
Sally nodded yes. The nurse cut a lock of the boy's hair, put it in a plastic bag, and handed it to Sally. The mother said it was Jimmy's idea to donate his body to the university for study. He said it might help someone else. I said no at first, but Jimmy said, Mom, I won't be using it after I die. Maybe it will help some other little boy spend one more day with his mommy. She went on, My Jimmy had a heart of gold. He was always thinking of everybody else, always wanting to help others if he could. Sally walked out of Children's Mercy Hospital for the last time. After spending most of the last six months there, she put the bag with Jimmy's belongings on the seat beside her in the car. The drive home was difficult. It was even harder to enter the empty house. She carried Jimmy's belongings in the plastic bag with a lock of his hair to her son's room. She started placing the model cars and other personal things back in his room exactly where he'd always kept them. She lay down across the bed and hugging his pillow, she cried and cried and cried until she fell asleep. It was around midnight when Sally awoke. Laying beside her on the bed was a folded letter. And the letter read, Dear Mom, I know you're going to miss me, but don't think that I will ever forget you or stop loving you. Just because I'm not around to say I love you, I still do. I will always love you, Mom, even more with each day. Someday we will see each other again. However, until then, if you want to adopt a little boy so he won't be so lonely, that's okay with me. He can have my room and old stuff to play with. But if you decide to get a girl instead, she probably wouldn't like the same things as boys do. You'll have to buy her dolls and stuff girls like you know. Don't be sad thinking about me, Mom. This really is a neat place. Grandma and Grandpa met me as soon as I got here and showed me around some. But it will take a long time to see everything. The angels, they are so cool. I love to watch them fly. And you know what? Jesus doesn't look like any of his pictures. Yet when I saw him, Mom, I knew it was him. Jesus himself took me to see God. And guess what, Mom? I got to sit on God's knee and talk to him like I was somebody important. That's when I told him that I wanted to write you a letter to tell you goodbye and tell you how much I loved you and everything else. But I already knew this wasn't allowed. Well, you know what, Mom? God handed me some paper and his own personal pen to write you this letter. I think Gabriel is the name of the angel who's going to drop this letter off to you. God said for me to give you the answer to one of the questions you asked him. Where was he when I needed him? God said he was in the same place with me as when his son Jesus was on the cross. He was right there, and he's always right there with all his children. Oh, by the way, Mom, no one else can see what I've written except you. To everyone else, this is just a blank piece of paper. Isn't that cool? I have to give God his pen back now. He needs it to write some more names in the book of life. Tonight, I get to sit at the table with Jesus for supper. I'm sure the food will be so great. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you, Mom. 
I don't hurt anymore. The cancer is all gone. I'm glad because I couldn't stand that pain anymore. And God couldn't stand to see me hurt so much either. That's when he sent the angel of mercy to come to get me. The angel said, I was a special delivery. How about that, Mom? Your son is a special delivery. Signed with love from God, Jesus, and me. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the way you look at everything, the frame you put around everything, is based on your standard. What is your standard? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again? Is your purpose truly just to live as long as you can, no matter what that quality of life is? Or is your purpose to share the good news of God and to share it in such a way that other people want to know and get to know the God that you know and that you serve? See, there really are only two operating systems in this world. You can have a flesh operating system, a FOS, or a God operating system, a GOS. And depending on which operating system you have will dictate how you see everything, what you fear, what you desire, what you move toward, what you move away from. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to challenge you to get a standard What is your standard? When your life is all wrapping up and you're in a box at the front of the room and people are talking about what you did with your time, how will you know if you're successful or not? You'll never know until you judge it against your standard. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about what is that standard. I am Black, and we'll be right back. Amen. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Burr, it's cold out there. Now, imagine this. You leave your nice, warm, and toasty home only to get into your vehicle and hear this. Your battery's dead. 
full-service battery can help you avoid this nightmare situation. Not only do they offer the lowest prices in town on batteries, they'll even professionally install them free. That's right, a powerful new battery installed free. Now that's what we like to hear. Find them at FullServiceBattery.com. That's FullServiceBattery.com. Take Freedom 1570 with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. All from the app. Just search for Freedom 1570 in the App Store. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio like it matters inspiration education and application i am mr black and welcome back to like it matters radio today we are covering an important topic and today's show is called the standard you know uh for those that know me first and foremost i am a man of god i love uh, god's word i love god i love god's people and when i was younger one of my favorite artists was a gentleman by the name of Carmen, and he's no longer with us. He's with the Lord. But one of my favorite all-time CDs, secular, spiritual, it doesn't matter, is his CD called The Standard. Uh, one of my greatest CDs. I saw the concert live at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, and I've seen the. I've traveled with the Beach Boys, uh, the Go Go's, the Bengals. The concerts I've been to. I mean, uh, so many great concerts. There has never been a greater concert than the one by Carmen with the Standard. And so, in life, we need to have a standard. And I truly believe that there are two types of people, and we could go through all kinds of lists of what those two types of people are. But let me tell you what I believe the two types of people are. There are God's children and those who are not God's children. And those that are God's children are God's children because they've chosen uh, to be God's children, because they've chosen to follow after God, to study his word, humble themselves before the cross, and to accept the paid price of Christ. And so today, uh, we're going to have a special show because I know what my standard is. My standard is the Bible. It is the Word of God. And so what I thought I'd do is uh, bring on a man I respect, a man uh, who is a pastor, a man who I attend his church right now regularly, thinking about joining the church. He's a good man. He has a great understanding of the Word of God, of the Bible. So instead of you listening to me and my opinion or my perception, I thought I would bring on an expert. So let's welcome uh, uh, my pastor, a pastor of Hope Works Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Mr. Shane Gray. Shane, thank you for joining us on Like It Matters Radio. Well, Mr. Scott Black, I'm honored to be with you. Thank you for having me. 
Well, and it's an important topic. It's an important topic because, uh, you know, I, I'm, you're giving a sermon right now. The series you're doing is about the Bible. And, you know, I read these stats all the time from Barna and from different organizations that uh, poll uh, supposedly Christians. And to see that, I just saw two of them recently said 70% of people uh, believe that are Christians believe that there is more than one way to get to God as Savior, yeah. as Redeemer. Uh, and yet we know the Bible tells us something different. And I also saw a study yeah. that, that 70% of Christians, again, people who identify as Christians, I want to be fair to say that, uh, believe mm-hmm. that man is basically good. Now, you as a yeah. pastor know why those two things bother me, uh, because the Bible— <laughs> tells us something totally different. And and I always tell people, last time I checked, there is no book in the Bible called Opinions. Uh, I looked through yeah. it over and over. I've studied it. Uh, matter of fact, Shane, whenever someone says something that's not in the Bible, I go, where'd you find that? Is, is that Opinions 321? Is that where you find yeah. that? Because there is no book in the Bible called Opinions. So I thought we would talk about your one of your favorite topics, uh, one of my oh. favorite topics, uh, and that is the Bible. Fair enough? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know, in that series that, that you had mentioned, after one of the services, uh, one of our, our, our high school students, um, a great athlete in his high school, a big high school here in the DFW area, came up to me and he said, you know what? In class today, we learned about existentialism, existential nihilism, which is basically the belief that life has no meaning. He said, it's interesting, isn't it? Independent school districts here in Texas can teach about existentialism, that life has no meaning, but they can't teach us about the Word of God and that there's a truth. (laughs) And this young man correctly, I think, connected the dots, and he said, you can't that that does not contribute to the to, to the violence, to the rape, to the suicide rates that are just skyrocketing here in, in our area. Oh, it's stunning. And, you know, God used to be such an important part uh, of our culture, uh, of the founding of this country. Uh, all the founding fathers believed in a God of the Bible. You could say, well, they didn't yeah. believe in a personal God. We could debate all that stuff, theism versus all that. Mm-hmm. But they all believed in the God of the Bible. They believed there was a God that at least was in charge that pressed the play button and that we were blessed by that God. And and now we yeah. live in a country where you can't even say his name. And I, I don't know when it was. I think it was the 60s that that uh, Bible was removed from schools. Uh, and it was at the beginning mm-hmm. a, a cornerstone of our education, correct? Yes, it was. And in fact, the, the Barna Group uh, did, a, did a study that uh, indicated 41% of Christian teens— Christian teens were uncertain whether Jesus was physically re- resurrected. 63% did not believe Jesus to be the son of the one true God. 44% of Christian teens believe the Bible to be just one of many authoritative voices. 33% of Christian teens here in the United States believe that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, and only 5% of these Christian teens actually read their Bible daily. But I believe that if that percentage of the 5% would increase, and people would realize that there is one true living God. It's Jesus Christ, and they would experience him through his love letter to him, his his instruction manual, his roadmap, his divine revelation through Scripture, because it is not a, a normal book. It's a, it's a supernatural book. As Ch- Charles Spurgeon said, the Word of God is like a lion. You don't need to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose, and the lion will defend itself. 
Amen. That's there, so powerful. <laughs> oh, there there are are quantifiable evidences that the Scripture is indeed the authoritative Word of God, uh, applicable and relevant for us today. Well, and what you said is so important. You know, it's a it's a guiding document. It, it's it's not just a book. I, I believe it's the most published, the most um, I don't know about read, but most printed. It's in every single language. But yet, I, you know, I study the Quran as well. You know, I, I belong to a group called uh, Common Ground where we learn what the Quran says about Isa al Masir, Jesus the Messiah, and and we totally just uh, understand what Muslims believe. And then what we do is we know there's an end door because we can talk about Jesus with Muslims because he's in the Quran. There's 94 ayats of the Quran. But one thing I realized uh, that Muslims don't read their Quran. Some of them in Muslim countries, they'll memorize it in Arabic as a kid. The problem is they don't know Arabic. So they're memorizing a, a, a book in a language they don't understand. But I, I did that one time. I was dating a girl from Mexico, uh, and I learned this song. I didn't know what I was singing, but I was singing this Mexican song, and it was about amore. It was a love song. It was sweet. It was, we loved to dance to it. But I could not tell you what I was saying, but I was singing the yeah. song. Uh, and there's yeah. a lot of people like that. And in the Army, I learned how to use a compass. A compass sets a point on the horizon. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. nice because you have that point. We can get off course, but when you look up, you can always see how to get back on course. And to me, uh, I don't know about you, but that equates to the Bible. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And you know, there's a there's a worldview, and I, I believe that we need to know the enemy that we're up against. So I believe that we need to be able to name it, to identify it in order to rebuke it in Jesus' name and stand against it, and also to educate our the, our young people, the, the next generation's hearts and minds, and equip their hearts and minds to have faith in the midst of these worldviews, one of which is postmodernism. Postmodernism is simply a worldview open to interpretations of truth, where you can't tell me that my perspective of truth is wrong, and I can't tell you that your perspective of truth is wrong. That would be the most uh, offensive thing that either of us could do in this world. And the other worldview is like postmodernism, but it's called relativism. And relativism is the uh, belief that morality is subjective. It's like postmodernism, but different. I think that the, the, the distinctions between the two would be uh, un, under postmodernism, everybody is a thermostat. If there's 100 thermostats and reading 100 different temperatures from 1 to 100, and it's 85 degrees outside, everybody's right. Nobody can be wrong, even if that temperature is quantifiable. Relativism is a little different. It basically says everybody is a thermostat. Everybody sets the temperature. Everybody determines what is their view of right. But the Scripture Mm -hmm. says that the standard of truth is Jesus Christ. He said, Mm -hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I believe that the the first century postmodern philosophers was Pontius Pilate when he said, what is truth really? Is truth really objective? Is truth really tangible? And Jesus said in response to that, I have absolutely, I am the truth. And the reason that I came into the world, he said in John 18, is to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And he revealed his truth to us in his word. The word is the revelation of Jesus. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he gave many convincing proofs in all of the uh, Old Testament, all 39 books, saying that it all points to me. The Word is the revelation of Jesus, 
And Jesus is the incarnation of the Word, John 1.14, and the Word became flesh. And this Word is indeed quantifiable. It's, 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 there, there are evidences. There, there yeah, is and I, corroborating and I those. evidences. Yeah, and I want to get into those. Real quick, though, we're getting ready to go to break. I want to first define, uh, uh, um, uh, if you will, the word standard. We keep using that word standard. So let me define standard. An idea or thing used as a measure, norm, or model in comparative evaluations. The essential meaning of standard, this is from, uh, um, I think, uh, I'm not sure which dictionary, but it says, a level of quality, achievement, etc., that is considered acceptable or desirable. Uh, ideas about morally correct and acceptable behaviors, and thirdly, mm-hmm. something that is very good and that is used to make judgments about the quality of other things. And so after yes. the break, I'm actually, Shane, going to ask you some questions, some basic questions. We call this apologetics. Uh, and the first question mm-hmm. I'm going to ask, because I think it's important to know, uh, is the Bible true? Because uh, if we're telling here, we got a, a standard here to follow, First of all, we got to make sure it's true. So after the break, I'd yes. like to talk about for you to explain to our listeners, is the Bible true, number one? And then I want to cover an interesting word called historicity. Historicity. Yes. How do we know anything? If I'm reading a book by Plato or Confucius, how do I know mm-hmm. if it was actually written by the people that said wrote it? So today on Like yeah. It Matters Radio, we're talking about the standard. I got a guest, uh, Pastor Shane Gray, and we'll be right back. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's Mr. Dot Black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. The Freedom 1570 Fan Club and New American Funding want to pay your mortgage next year. Hi, this is Tom Matiney from New American Funding, and I'm excited to be the sponsor of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. If you win, we'll pay your mortgage or rent all of next year. That's extra money to take a family vacation, put in a pool, or help a friend in need. Enter once a day now through December 20th at freedom1570.com. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle from the Freedom 1570 Fan Club and New American Funding. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. 
Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive, professional, communication training, to to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. This is your hour of power to work on your heart, body, and your soul. And today, we have a special guest that's not only going to work on your heart, not only going to work on your body, but it's going to work on your soul, which is the most important work of all. I'm blessed to have a man join me who I consider a friend. He's a senior pastor at Hope Works. He's my pastor currently and just love his knowledge of the Bible. He's a, He can preach it too, and he believes it, and he lives it. So let's welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, Pastor Shane Gray. Thanks again, Shane, for joining us. Well, well, thank you, Mr. Black. So we're going to go to the big question. You know, you had talked about Pontius Pilate in the last segment. Uh, And it's funny because after Pontius Pilate asked the question, what is truth? He did what most people today do. And you know this because you know scripture. He walked away. He didn't wait for Jesus' response. He didn't sit there and listen to his oration. He posed a question that had no desire to be answered, and he walked away. And boy, how many people are doing the same thing today, huh? Yeah, oh my goodness, yes. And Pontius Pilate was looking in the very face of truth and his spirit resonated he knew i believe in his yep. in his discernment that this was yep. truth and yet he walked away because he chose to, yep. to to live a life of comfort and and in the fear of men rather than following following in the footsteps of, of truth and the, the result of that is as i mentioned earlier in our last segment that nine and ten uh teens in the uk believe that life has no purpose at all and a majority of even wow. christian teens here in the united states don't believe that jesus is the one true living God and the the way, the truth, and the life. And we mentioned uh, postmodernism and relativism in the last segment, and there are two giants that our nation is facing today called existential nihilism and existentialism, and I believe that, that our society has to know what they are in order to address them and equip our teens, our next generation, our children, to slay these giants. Existential nihilism, Scott, is the belief that life has no intrinsic meaning or value. I mean, how depressing is that? Existentialism is the worldview that life has no meaning or value, and yet just try to make the best of it. And if, if, if we put a word picture to these two philosophies, one the first popularized by Friedrich Nietzsche, who famously said, who infamously said that God is dead, Existential nihilism is basically walking through a blizzard in the cold and sub-freezing temperatures, and then you die, and that's that. 
Now, existentialism is walking in a blizzard. It's freezing. It is uh, sub-temperature degrees. Well, make a few snowmen, and then you die, and that is that. But Christianity, wow. you're walking through a blizzard, sub-temperature um, degrees. Uh, the, the wind is howling, and yet there is a sun an S-O-N, Son of God, who is also the S-U-N, who blazes Amen. into our heart and thaws the freeze and causes new life and vibrant radiance to spring forward and who glows upon our countenance, giving us love and life and meaning and purpose through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Colossians Amen. chapter 1, verse 16 tells us that we were made to move and breathe and find our meaning in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this relationship with Jesus Christ is not as, as intangible, um, it is not as, as, as out of reach as people believe it is, because Jesus actually gave us a love letter. It's called his Bible. Amen. And when we open it Amen. up, we realize the truth that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And we know that the Word of God is supernatural. It's not like reading a history book. It's not like reading a phone book. It's not like reading a science book, although it is scientifically pure, but yeah. when you open up the Bible and read it, your heart swells with faith and the conviction that Jesus Christ is the creator of all, Amen. and we were made so for him. Let me, let me get to some questions. So this is what, what listen to you, I could listen to you talk all day. Well, actually, I do. It is. That's why you're my pastor. <laughs> but uh, I want to get a couple things, but this is what's so fascinating, because what I do in my leadership training on the radio is I bring in the, the biological, the physiological, the psychological, and I always wrap yes. it in the Word of God. And one thing I've always found out that, uh, boy, when, when man learns enough, it comes congruent with the Bible. So the example I like to give is the book Man's Search for meaning. Now, I don't know if Dr. Yes. Victor Frankel, I think he, he was Jewish. I don't know if he was a, a practicing Jew, a religious Jew, or just a genetic Jew. But in Auschwitz, uh, he wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning, and he came yes. up with the concept of logotherapy, that man has a basic intrinsic innate need uh, for will, to, to know a purpose, to have a will. And that's what logotherapy is, that there's a, a reason for everything. And when you have a reason why, then you can overcome any how. And that's a secular understanding that man is driven for the will to meaning, to put meaning in everything. And if man can find meaning, he can overcome any obstacle, any barrier, which brings us back to why what you said in the UK were nine out of 10 kids believe there is no purpose. When you have no purpose, you will lie, you will steal, you will cheat, you will rape, you will kill, you will rob, yes. because, right, we just live Absolutely. now because tomorrow death comes. And so let's go to the yes. most important question. The first one's always the most important one, lays the foundation. This can be a big one for you, Shane. Is yes. the Bible true? Yes or no? Oh, absolutely. Every word of it. Why? The, the Bible, well, there, there, there are many quantifiable reasons, but let's start with the Bible's, first of all, testimony of itself. We read in the Scriptures that uh, all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable. And we also read in the Scriptures, in Second Peter, uh, the first reference was Second uh, Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. And then in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, we read that not a sentence, not a word, in all 66 books of the Bible, 1,189 verses, not one single word was written by the will of man, but rather by the will of God, who inspired these men. 
it testifies of itself that it is the truth. In fact, Jesus himself testified that the scriptures are the truth. In Matthew chapter 5, when he said, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets. No, I've not come to abolish them. I've come to fulfill them. In fact, all of the Old Testament, all 39 books of the Old Testament are about Jesus Christ, and they testify of Jesus Christ so that when Jesus did step onto the scene and he claimed to be the Messiah, there was quantifiable evidence. Um, I, I love the, the mathematician Peter Stoner's example, the likelihood of somebody fulfilling just eight of the over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled written in the Old Testament about himself, the likelihood of somebody fulfilling just eight of the 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled <laughs> is one in 10 to the 17th power. And if you put wow. a picture to that astronomical number, uh, just to have an idea of how big one in 10 to the 17th power is, our universe measured in centimeters is one in 10 to the 29th power. But wow. the likelihood that Jesus fulfilled just eight of the 300 wow. prophecies accidentally is one in 10 to the 17th power. And a picture to that number fill the entire state of Texas with silver dollars, two feet deep, randomly put a black dot on just one silver dollar, mix all these silver dollars up in the whole state of Texas, and only one of them has a black dot. Get into an airplane, blindfolded, uh, blindfold the parachuter, <laughs> circle around the state of Texas, up around Amarillo, down south by San Antonio, over east by Nacogdoches, west, circle around Lubbock, and just keep circling around, randomly parachuting out, fumbling around, and the very first silver dollar that you pick up is the one with the black dot. That is one in 10 to the 17th power. It's not very likely. Oh, and Jesus oh. fulfills so, not eight, but 300 prophecies wow. about himself. Wow, wow. So let me ask you another question in line with that, because I hear this a lot. Now, I know the answer. I believe you never ask a question as a good leader that you don't know the answer to. So I know the answer, but does the Bible contradict itself? I hear this lie all the time. Oh, the, the Bible contradicts itself. So here's your question. Does the Bible contradict itself? Oh, the Bible is a seamless, flawless love story. And the people who say that the Bible doesn't contradict itself simply don't know the Scriptures. For example, in my time with the Lord the other day, I was in the book of Psalms, and I read that, um, that the Lord is basically quick to anger. And then I read in another place in the Psalms that the Lord is slow to anger. And somebody might initially, you know, pick this out and pick that yeah. out and say, aha, there's a contradiction. There's not a contradiction. Yeah. The Lord is quick to anger in dealing with governmental leaders because there's a higher standard for leadership. That was the context yeah. of, that, of that passage. And the Lord is slow yeah. to anger to those who are in need of mercy and who are broken and who are contrite. And so uh, on the offset, you might see a contradiction, but when you seek the Scripture and you learn the heart of God and you learn Scripture, and you see the seamless love story throughout all Scripture, you see there are no contradictions, and what seems to be a contradiction, there's actually a root that has a deeper truth, which will become an anchor of your faith. But think, think about this in relation to whether or not there are any contradictions. I challenge anybody listening, anybody, to go down to your local university. Here would be to, to UTA or to TCU. Go to your local university. Go into the library, or even go to your local Barnes & Noble. Walk to the bookstore. 
randomly pick out 66 books, as there's 66 books in the Bible, but randomly just pick out 66 books from the history section, from the science section, from the entrepreneurial section, from the leadership section, from the business section. Randomly pick out 66 books written by over 40 authors over a span of 1,500 years, written in three different languages on three different continents. And if all of these books have a common storyline, a common theme, without any contradictions, and it all points to the central same purpose, then I would acknowledge that the Bible is not supernatural. But you can't pick out 66 books by 40 authors over 1,500 years in three different languages, three different continents that have a common storyline without any contradictions. But that's the case about the Bible. It's a supernatural document. Amen. We're going to heartbreak because Shane's passionate about this. We are talking about the standard. We're talking about the Bible. We're talking with Pastor Shane Gray. We'll be right back. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. We're in this together, and we will get through this together. The vaccines are tested effective and needed. Welcome to the clinic. Which arm? Get your COVID-19 vaccine so we can do this. And this. And this. We are now boarding flight. Together again, because we got through it together. This message sponsored by the Helmsley Charitable Trust, aired with the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and the station. Wake up with the Freedom 1570 Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint in a detailed yet concise manner. Sign up at freedom1570.com. Just use the keyword subscribe. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head 
BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're setting a standard, and today on Like It Matters Radio, we are talking about the standard, and we are talking with Pastor Shane Gray. He's a senior pastor of Hope Works. He's my pastor. It's the church I currently attend. Uh, Shane, you know, before the break, you were talking about your passion about the Bible and the 66 books and the 40 writer uh, authors. And, you know, I love Chuck Missler. He's with the Lord. Chuck Missler approached the Bible very, very uh, scientifically, very methodically, very uh, intellectually. And his quote is, the Bible is 66 books written by 40 authors written between 1446 B.C. and 90 A.D., but now we discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time and space domain. Which, mm-hmm. while I'm saying it right now, I'm going to now share with you one of my favorite quotes by Chuck Missler. Mm-hmm. And he says, someone has said, if you squeeze a lemon, you should get lemon juice. If you squeeze an orange, you should get orange juice. If you squeeze a Christian, you should get Christ. But the problem mm-hmm. is, Pastor, yeah. and you know this, is if it ain't in you, it ain't coming out of you. Uh, and there's one way to get the Word of God in us. We got to read it. We got to listen to it. We got to meditate on it. We got to roll on it. We got to eat it. Yeah. We got to savor it. Uh, we've got to get it into us. But I want to talk about this in- interesting word because one of the things that swayed me so much over the last four or five decades is when I took a look at historicity and when they compared mm-hmm. the Bible to other books that we understand. Talk about the historicity. What is it, and how does the how does it support the Bible being what the Bible says it yeah. is? Yeah, and and you know, Scott, um, you you had mentioned when when you're squeezed, Christ ought to come out of followers of Christ, and I, and I would just like to say that I uh, I attended uh, Mr. Black's leadership uh, weekend, and Christ just poured out of Scott Black, and uh, the people there, their lives are transformed. Members of our church have attended that, and uh, it changed their lives. And I I just wanted to just to acknowledge that, but in, well, in terms you. of the well, you're welcome. But in terms of the historicity of, of Jesus Christ and the New Testament, there is no document like the New Testament scriptures. In fact, uh, those who 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 measure uh, text of antiquity have certain standards. When was it originally written? When was the first copy of that text written? How many years um, elapsed between the original writings? and the first copy, and how many first copies were there. So, I mean, that stands to reason that the shorter the time frame from the date of the original writing to the first copy, there's more credibility to the historicity of the text so that we know what we're reading was actually what was written down. And the more copies of that first copy, then the greater mm-hmm. credibility so that we know that what we're reading was what was originally written down. And if you analyze some texts of antiquity, for example, Plato's writings were written in 900 AD, and the first copy of that writing was 1,200 years later, and there were seven copies. And in terms of uh, evaluating text of antiquity, that has high credibility to it. Or uh, Caesar, his, his writings were in 144 BC, the first copies, 1,000 
um, I'm sorry, 900 AD, and and the the, the number of copies were um, were ten, and that even has a high degree of credibility. Or you look at Homer's Iliad, originally written in 900 BC, uh, the first copy, um, 400 BC, a time frame of about 500 years, and the number of mm. copies, first copies of the original text, 643. That's huge. That's wow. incredible credibility. That's incredible. Um, reliability. But consider the New Testament text. The New Testament was written between 50 to 100 AD, and the first copies were less than 100 years after that. The number of first copies, 24,000. There are no other texts of antiquity. Yes, there are no other texts of antiquity with as much historicity and credibility as Scripture. In fact, I've been to the Qumran Valley where where they would preserve these texts and copy them. We read in scriptures about the Pharisees. They tried to bring about change through uh, purity and adherence to, to the law. We read in the scriptures about the Sadducees. They tried to bring about change through uh, political maneuvering. We read in scripture about the Zealots. They tried to bring about change through revolt from the Roman Empire. There was another sect that we don't hear so much about, but their contributions are still a, an incredible blessing to us today. These were the Essenes, and their um, method to, to change the world, to make the world a better place and honor God, was by preserving the text, the biblical text. And they would actually retreat um, into the mountains, into the caves, and there's a place called the Qumran Valley where they lived. And they invented new and beautiful forms of repentance, a repentance ceremony called mikvah. In fact, this is no doubt where the custom of baptism emerged. By the time John the Baptist steps onto the scene in the New Testament, Jesus took this and stamped it as a seal of, 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 of his followers. But they, uh, they, they would partake of these beautiful, reverent um, ceremonies of repentance there in the Qumran Valley, before they would go into a chamber and they would write word for word, not even word for word, letter for letter. Before they wrote a letter, there would be a person in the middle writing the letter, and a person on his right confirming that's the letter, a person on the left confirming that's the letter. He would write the letter. They would confirm that letter was was correctly written. They would move on to the next letter. Of course, Hebrew is written from the right to the left. And they even had a numbering system, horizontal and vertically, and they would count it all up. And if there was a mistake, then they would begin all over again in the beginning, wow. God. And in fact, before they wow. wrote the word God, they would go and partake of this repentance ceremony all over again because they were about wow. to write the name of God. And the result of that was found in a discovery in 1947. There is an Arab shepherd boy who is chasing down a a, a lost sheep. He just threw a rock as kids do. The rock disappeared and he heard something break. He investigated into these caves and in 1947 found the greatest archaeological discovery of the 20th century, and that was the Dead Sea Scrolls, with over 800 text from the Old Testament in a completely preserved copy of Isaiah chapter 53, word for word with what we have, so that we know that when we read our Old Testament today, it was exactly what was written down when Isaiah first wrote it in 700 B.C., or David first wrote the Psalms in 1060 B.C. Now, we know that if God is going to write a book, he's going to do it correctly. We see that if God is going to preserve a book, he's going to do it correctly. And if God can preserve, for example, 
his people, the, the incubator that would, that would be the lineage of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, if God is going to preserve a people throughout um, persecution year after year after year in genocide, and he can successfully preserve a people, then we know that God can pre- successfully preserve a book. And we know that what Amen. we are reading today was what was written down from the Old Testament authors as well as the New Testament authors. Awesome. We don't have much time left. I want to really hit quickly science and like archaeology. Now, I know people a lot of times say that, you know, we don't believe in science. I think the Bible supports science. The God wrote the Bible. God wrote science uh, and archaeology. Can you just speak for about a minute or two about how the Bible and science archaeology support each other? Oh, yes, absolutely. And people oftentimes say that the Bible contradicts science. That is not true. In fact, with the evolution of science, we see that science itself doesn't even stand up. Evolution itself does not stand up to the evolution of science. Uh, For example, in um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Did you know that there was an atheist named Herbert Spencer, and I encourage you to, to research it, and a philosopher who devoted his entire life to categorizing all things into five categories. These five categories, time, space, force, energy, matter. The entire life of Mr. Herbert Spencer was devoted to categorizing all things into these five categories, time, space, force, energy, but to Mr. Spencer, I wish he would have simply looked at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, time, God, force, created, energy, the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. Right off of the, uh, right off of the, the get-go, Genesis 1, 1, the Bible is scientifically pure. And you contrast the Bible, for example, with other texts, uh, religious texts, and their uh, explanation of the origins. For example, in Hinduism, all of the earth is believed to be on the back of an elephant. And when the elephant has an itch and it shakes, well, then that's where earthquakes come from. <laughs> and that makes perfect sense, right? Except for Yeah, of course it does. Elephant. Yeah. Well, yeah, what's the elephant hey, on the Shane, back of? We, got, we, got, we, got, yeah, go we got one minute left. Okay. I need you to plug, by the way, I could do this forever. I need you to plug your church. Tell people where you preach at. He's a great preacher. I go there. Uh, man, you will be filled with the Word of God. Tell them how they can join our church and how they can reach out to you. Well, check us out from wherever you are across the country. Just uh, check us out at hopeworks.church, and you can you can join in with us on our live feed. Um, if you're in the area, please join us at 1701 Hemphill, Fort Worth, just south of downtown Fort Worth. Awesome. Shane, thank you so much. God bless you, my friend. I'll see you on Sunday. Okay. You are under construction you, on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, When you live your life like it matters, it does. Amen. Maybe this is you too. A lot of people do not like their health plan right now, and they're worried they're stuck with it. One that costs too much or doesn't meet their needs or for whatever reason, they're just not happy with it. If that is you, some great news. There really is another choice. It's called MediShare, and it's such a great option, especially if you're self-employed, changing jobs, or part of the gig economy. Here's what you get when you switch to MediShare. First, huge savings. The typical family saves $500 a month. 
You also get a massive doctor network, or you can just use the doctor of your choice, or MediShare's free 24-7 telehealth option. And you get to be part of something you can believe in. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. No wonder MediShare gets double the customer satisfaction ratings compared with typical health insurance. So no, you are not stuck. You've got a great alternative. Call now. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.